This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Welcome, global leaders, to the Global Reach Leadership Forum with Navy veteran, ecclesial leader, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Pat. Presenting you with critical leadership perspectives from the minds of former military leaders, now transforming the face of American business as successful entrepreneurs. Get ready to listen, learn, to lead, and now to enhance your leadership influence on the Global Reach Leadership Forum. Here's your host, Dr. Pat. Hello, welcome to the Global Reach Leadership Forum. I'm your host, Dr. Pat. And today we'll be talking about the first leadership principle of decisiveness. Why decisiveness is essential for every leader to practice in their organization. And before our guest comes, my take on decisiveness. Why is decisiveness such an essential part of every leader's journey? Now, by now, you, in your leadership journey, understand that you have to discover decisiveness as an essential quality in a leader. One does not just wake up one day and decide they want to be decisive. You know, for some leaders, decision-making skills must be honed. For others, decisiveness is innate and takes microseconds for them to make that decision. But being decisive then means something to you as much as it means to me. It is the ability to conclusively determine what or how you are going to take a course of action. This does not mean that you are rushing to judgment on what decisions might be or what action to take, but rather it means you are not uncomfortable about making a specific decision and that you are at peace with how the decision is being made in a timely fashion over a period of time. So to you, an essential quality of decisiveness may be the difference between a remarkable sale or a win and the loss of the same. To another, decisiveness might be an opportunity to commit to one decision over a long period of time. So regardless of how long it takes to make that decision, join that course of action, it is essential for us to ensure that a bad decision made is often better than no decision at all. You've heard that said before, right? The premise here is that at least you will learn from the erroneous decision that you make. The chances of that, you need to reevaluate the impact of the role that you have or the influence that you are making in your leadership position that you exercise. So with that said, your leadership success depends on your measure of decisiveness to execute operations and your proclivity to be easily influenced by external stimulus. What does that mean? All I'm saying here is that your decisiveness probably has something to do with how well 
or how impactful you are with the influence from others to make a decision. Will you make a sound decision because others tell you to? Or you make a sound decision based on the amount of knowledge that you have to make a decisive decision. So sometimes this is a function of your personality and sometimes a function of the people that you surround yourself with. Now, if you're married, like I am, and you have a family, I'm sure you've probably experienced the indecision that comes with what to eat for dinner, for instance, or, or, what to go, or where to go for lunch. And you ask, honey, uh, where do you want to go today for lunch? And you say, Applebee's for lunch? And you might hear something like, no, I don't know about that. Well, then how about Red Lobster? No, it's too expensive. Well, you ultimately then end up settling for Applebee's. You see, ultimately, you settle for Applebee's because there was indecision in one particular instance. The same indecision that you experience here at home might very well happen in your organization or in your business. But ultimately, what has to happen here is that as a leader, you have to make a decision quickly, impactfully, with the right amount of information that you need at any level of your decision-making continuum. The key here is that it is particularly critical when that occurs at the very top. And in this case, you might be at the very top. You're compelled at one point or another, whether this decision is sound or this decision is not. In any case, you have to remember that you have to be prepared and be decisive on being undoubtedly the essential leader that you are to make a decision at the right time with whoever you're dealing with. The risk of making decisions is part of leadership. But remember that always the buck stops with you. So with that said, let us prepare for our guest. Today, our guest is a good friend of mine, uh, you know, Robert uh, McKenna. He goes by Bob. Great, great. Uh, he's a retired Navy captain, and he now serves as the Virginia I'm looking this way so I can read his bio in case uh, you're wondering. Serves as a Virginia Peninsula Chamber of Commerce uh, president and CEO and responsible for the management and operation of the over 1,400 member of members and affiliates uh, within the business development um, organization. And he also serves a population of over 530 people within the region, including 13,000 business entities with four major uh, na- Navy or military facilities around that, including a NASA Research Center, also the Department of Energy you know, Labs with various national parks as well in the region. He fosters strategic alliances with all these business organizations in the region as well. And he's a graduate, 1984 graduate of the United States Merchant Marine Academy at Kings Point, New York. Uh, he was commissioned as an ensign in 1985. And he has served for 20, he served for 27 years as a service warfare officer. Uh, he did tours on multiple ships. He was also uh, deployed in support of operations in Somalia, as well as uh, Kosovo and also Operation Iraqi Freedom. 
Uh, he served as a liaison officer for an amphibious advisor, as an amphibious advisor to Bel Belgium and Netherlands as part of a task group. And then he commanded uh, the Naval and Marine Corps Reserve Center in West Palm Beach, Florida. Fortunately, he was able to retire you know, as captain in 2011 and return back to Newport News, Virginia, to call this place home. Welcome to the Global Resolution Forum, my good friend, uh, Bob. It's good to have you here on the forum. Pat, happy Friday, and it's great to be with you today. Thanks uh, for having me on. Definitely great. Well, I'm so thankful for us to be able to talk about the first principles of leadership here. And today we're talking about decisiveness, the value of decisiveness as a leader. And, you know, most leaders tend to take this, or some leaders tend to take this for, for granted in, in some circles. And I strongly believe that it's important for us to talk about that because it's going to add more value to those who may be, may be listening. And we want to concentrate on what the distinction is when it comes to definition, the distinction between decisiveness and decision-making. I think it's important to distinguish the two. So, you know, to start us start us off here, um, Bob. What is your definition of decisiveness in contrast with uh, decision making, and how did you practice this in the military, and probably practice that now in the private sector? So, okay, so Pat, um, I think decision making is is an action, right? It's a task that we're required to do as leaders. Decisiveness is the virtue or characteristic that enables us to excel at decision-making, right? Awesome. And, and it, I think it all comes out of, um, so I, I, I think we've had this conversation before, but um, I have my leadership commandments to myself, so leadership mm -hmm. principles, and, and they are uh, be present and available to the people that are working for you, yes. uh, be informed or technically proficient, uh, be interested and engaged. Interesting. And be humble. And then I think if if you take care of those four things, then you can be decisive. And, and to be decisive means uh, to be able to make decisions in a timely and an informed and a confident manner. Right. So in order to do that, uh, it presupposes and going back to the principles that I just stated, it presupposes that you are present and open, uh, that you're informed, that you're engaged and that you're humble and willing to learn and listen from others. So, so all of if you do those things right, then I think you can be decisive. And decisive enables you to be a good decision maker. Wow, this is so good. It's power packed. And I, I like the part you talked about humility. You know, because as leaders, sometimes we forget the part about being humble and interested. You know, to help with decision making. So for at least you know, our listeners here, I, I want us not to miss the points here. So I just want to emphasize those. He's talking about being informed, being decisive, and engaged with the team so that in a timely fashion, we can be confident in what we, what, what we decide, right? Wow, that is awesome. I like that. I like that. Well, that is a great definition of uh, decisiveness. You know, and, and it's important for us to, to take that to heart because our uh, next question really kind of talks about whether there is any distinction in, you know, in the private sector or, you know, with, with the, the military, is there any distinction? We usually there's a difference at all in all these tenets you just mentioned when it comes to private sector compared to the military, is there any distinction and how would you practice it differently uh, in the private sector if there is? So, so let me kind of uh, go back a little bit to, so three, I've been at the chamber for three years now. Right. And okay. 
And uh, so about three and a half years ago, the job here was coming open. And, and as you already said in my bio, I'm a retired Navy officer. Um, and and with with no business experience, really. And, and I said that to uh, uh, my predecessor. I said, you know, Mike, I don't have any uh, business experience. Why would I be good for the Chamber of Commerce? And he said, well, when you were in the Navy, did you have a staff? And I said, yeah, I had a staff. And I had to run the staff. Did you have a budget? And I said, in the millions. Uh, did you have a product? And I said, well, national defense was my product. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you have customers? Well, yeah, the customers were kind of varied, but the U.S. citizens mm-hmm. uh, is one customer because we're providing national defense. And uh, and my boss was another customer. I had to make him happy, right? So so he said, okay, you've run a business before. When you were a department head, when you were uh, an XO, when you were a CEO, you were running a business. So you have that experience. So, so then go back to those leadership principles. They still apply, whether you're running a division on a Navy ship or you're running a department or you're commanding officer of a Navy Marine Corps Reserve Center, um, you're running a business. The difference that I see is, and it goes back to another one of my leadership principles for myself, be technically proficient, right? So some people will tell you that a good leader or manager can lead or manage anything. And, and I will say, well, yeah, that's simp- that's oversimplification, I think, because I think in order to lead effectively an organization, you have to be technically proficient in what that organization does. So, so I spent a lot of my first year learning about the peninsula businesses, what makes the peninsula tick, what makes the peninsula's economy move, and uh, and and I'll tell you, it, it's I'm still learning. And go back to the humility thing, right? Yes. I'm willing to sit down with anybody and have coffee and ask them questions and listen to their advice and listen to, uh, you know, their their experiences that they're willing to share with me and learn something new every day. So, so it's um, so back to your question. What's different? Well, the difference is uh, I'm not driving a ship alongside an oiler to get refueled, right? Uh, I'm not doing. Uh, uh, material management system, uh, you know, do, looking at PMS schedules. That's right. Uh, I'm I'm doing something completely different now. I'm facilitating. I'm connecting. Uh, I'm I'm talking to businessmen about how they're running their businesses. So so it's uh, I, I took 27 years to learn how to be a good naval officer, uh, and and now I'm I'm still in the learning process, and I and I will be as long as I'm in this job. And and once I stop learning, uh, then it's time to move on and do something else. Wow. Profound. Profound. You know, I I appreciate you saying that because people tend to think that, you know, things are different based on the organization that you belong to. But leadership principles are always going to be the same. And I appreciate you saying that because I think we are in the in the national defense business. And I like how 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 you mentioned we got to technically proficient, you know, as one of your core values there. Well, that is so great. So, you know, for our listeners, if you're thinking, oh, well, I guess I got to do things differently because I'm in the private sector. Well, guess what? Decisiveness is decisiveness. Decision making, you know, as we heard, is a little bit different from that. So so thank you for sharing these powerful nuggets of uh, of gold here. So in that case, then, as as you led, you know, men and women in, you know, in uh, in the military um, and you in some capacity as well, like leading people right now, how do you really uh, demonstrate decisiveness or uh, with 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 your team? And just nurture that kind of decision decisiveness uh, with the team now in the uh, the private sector. 
So, so once again, go back to uh, humility and being willing to learn from everybody and anybody, right? Um, okay. So, um, so I would say if you're running a staff as as a leader of the staff, you have to know your people, you have to trust your people, okay, and you have to listen to them, right? And but but you have to ensure that they know you and trust you and respect you too. So that that kind of goes back to you remember your Navy days too. Deck yes. plates leadership, right? Yes. Be present. Uh, be available, have an open door. And when I was, I, I always think back to when I was XO of USS Ponce uh, down in Norfolk. Um, I would very rarely sit at my desk during the day mm. because I wasn't, I wasn't an effective XO because I was sitting at my desk doing paperwork. I was an effective XO because I knew uh, what was going on around the ship. I knew the sailors, I knew the officers, I knew everybody in the chief's mess. Um, and I knew who I could trust and and I knew who needed a little extra mentorship or whatever. Uh, but um, but it, then, then you're able to be decisive, uh, make good decisions. You're able to delegate effectively because you can't do everything right. You have to you have to delegate. But so, you know who to trust and they know that they can trust you. So um, that I think that's just that's a very significant part of being a good leader mm-hmm. is uh, is being out and about, being present. Oh, that's, so then, that's... so then you can make those big decisions because the people who are taking care of the details feed you the information that you need. Uh, they know what your standards are. They know you're going to enforce your standards. So they, so they're honest and open with you. And uh, and then you can make those big decisions. Wow, that's that, that's great. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. And it reminds me of a phrase that we used to have uh, in, the, in the military, uh, leadership by walking around, right? That's, oh, yeah, right, yeah, right. that's how you do it. Yes. You know. Deming. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, listen and trust your people. I like that. You know, that's that's what helps you to become decisive in, in your leadership. So so at this point, then, you know, as I as I hear all this, I'm thinking about you know, some things that probably stick in your mind uh, based on your experiences. Uh, do you have an example of, say, decisiveness that you practiced as a military leader that you probably still apply today in in uh, in, in in your in, in your work as uh, as a CEO of this organization? Um. So, re- can you rephrase that for me? I'm, I'm so, thinking about it. Yeah, so maybe you have one example that sticks in your mind about decisiveness that you practice as a, as a military leader, you know, when you led, you know, and maybe you probably do that as well now. So, it's an okay. example of decisiveness in the military that you probably still still do now. Okay, so let me, I, I, maybe maybe I told you this before too, but um, I, can, I can, I'm thinking back to one time when I was commanding officer of the Navy Operational Support Center in, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. And I had a uh, chief's mess of about 10 and, uh, and they were all very good chiefs and senior chiefs. And I had a master chief and um, they, they came to me with their recommendations for the E6 evaluations for the annual evaluations for the first class petty officers. And, uh, and I always asked them, I, you know, please give me your input. I value your input. Uh, they gave me input that I thought was completely off the mark. And, uh, and my master chief and I sat down and I said, listen, um, here's how they have them ranked one through 10. I don't agree with that ranking. And, and I changed the ranking completely. And, uh, and they were upset. And, uh, but, I, but I, was, I saw it with a big picture, right? They gave me the details. They told me about the performance of those E6s. Uh, 
they ranked them the way that they saw fit and gave me that recommendation. And I changed it. Mm. And they were offended by that. And, and so I got them together and I said, hey, listen, chiefs, uh, it doesn't mean that, that I do not value your input. I value it greatly. And, and uh, you guys run the show here, but I'm the guy who has to make the final decisions. And I'm the guy who has to sign the bottom of those evaluations. So, so after we had that feedback session, they calmed down and they were like, okay, now we, now we understand. So I think it's important, one, to build confidence in your team that they can come talk to you when they think you're wrong about something. Um, two, that if you don't agree with them, you, you're the guy where the buck stops there. You have to make the decision. And then three, you give them feedback. And, and the feedback sometimes is, hey, I value your recommendation. I'm going to follow that recommendation. And, and then you pat them on the back for that. And then sometimes you're going to say, sorry, I disagree with that recommendation. Here's why I disagreed with it. And here's why I made the decision that I made. Wow, that 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 is powerful. And, you know, I, I'm hoping somebody's listening to this because it is crystal clear. This is what I call big picture leadership, right? Well, you have the big view and you're making decisions as a result of that. And and I like the part that you're talking about, the feedback, closing that feedback loop, because sometimes that's really where the rubber meets the road, right? If you're able to give somebody the feedback they need, then it all makes sense. They may not have seen it then, but it all made sense why you made that decision. And, and that's why leaders are leaders, right? You know, great, big picture leadership and feedback. Well, great. So in that case, then, um, what advice would you give to a young buddy entrepreneur who probably doesn't really understand the value of decisiveness and what are the pitfalls for them if they don't really become decisive for them to be successful in the organization because you've got to be decisive. So what kind of pitfalls would you uh, advise them to be aware of? Oh, okay, so so once we'll go back to humility again, right? Yes. Uh, be willing to listen, be willing to learn, Understand that there's always going to be people around you who can contribute important ideas uh, and, and be willing to listen to them. Um, you're, you're not always the smartest guy in the room, right? And, and in fact, in my case, I'm very seldom the smartest guy in the room. So, so I like to be, you know, remember Ronald Reagan said he surrounded himself with good people and listened you, to them, right? You bet. Um, that's, that's great advice for any leader. Uh, listen to those smart people around you, learn from them. Uh, be willing to consider their recommendations and their advice. And, and then when you have all the facts, act decisively and then, and then own up to, to your decision. So take accountability and responsibility for the consequences. Uh, and, and if there is credit to be given, don't take it for yourself. Give it to the people who have given you good advice. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so what do we hear? We hear all the time is imagine what you could get done if you don't worry about who gets the credit, right? Yes, yes, that's true. So, uh, and then the other thing I would tell to uh, an aspiring entrepreneur is, hey, there's a lot of people out there who have good ideas. And and if you have those same good ideas, but they take action quicker, you're not going to, you're not going to get the business, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so gather the information and be decisive, right? When you're confident in your decision, make the decision and then take action. Wow, oh, great. Well, that 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 is that that is indeed profound. You know, um, as as you're talking about making the decision, make being decisive, being being very thorough with with that, I'm reminded of um, Jack Welsh. You know, Jack Welsh uh, was they called him Neutron Jack. You know, with GE, he was a very decisive, very straightforward kind of guy. Um, you know, he was he was just cutting people left and right if he, he didn't think he made the cut. 
So that kind of leadership sometimes can come across as abrasive. So, but G was very successful as a result of that, you know, um, and people yeah. can attribute the success of G to, to his leadership style, but left people in the wake, you know? So is there any military comparison to that, that, you know, if you have any insights on that, on what that kind of leadership style does, you know, for, for forces and what are your insights on how leaders should behave as a result of that? Because some people it's um, over analysis equals paralysis, right? And if that were to happen in the military, what kind of effect do you think that would have? So that anybody who's listening to this, if they've seen that in the military, they're going to say, oh, I don't want to do that. And then in the private sector, you saw what happened with, you know, Jack Welsh. Uh, you probably don't want that either because the organization crumbled as a result of that. What are some of your insights on, on these two, you know, in the military and also the private sector, the effects of that? So, so that's kind of the great man theory of leadership, right? Yes. Um, and, and you think about examples, uh, so divinely inspired leaders, right? <laughs> leaders are born, not made. That's, that's kind of the thinking behind that. And, and certainly, if you read a lot of history and bios and stuff, which I do, um, you see people like Abraham Lincoln and Winston Churchill and Martin Luther King Jr. and people like that, who certain there's certainly something to them being in the right place at the right time. So it could be divinely inspired. Uh-huh. Uh, and but but they also you know, came to that position through years of hard work and learning from others' examples, right? Sure. And, uh, but, but certainly, I mean, there, I think there's, and I'm a faithful Catholic, so, so I believe in some divine inspiration for sure. Um, but I don't subscribe to the leaders cannot be made. I think power of personality has a lot to do with that, and we're all born with different personalities, right? So uh, persuasiveness and courage and intuition and audacity, right? I mean, General MacArthur being an audacious wartime leader, uh, there's certainly something to that. But, um, and and those, and there are natural leaders. I, I Clearly, there's natural leaders. Uh, but, but you also can become a better leader through kind of a stepladder approach, right? You start off as a division officer, you move to department head, you move to XO. All, along the way, you watch around you and you watch good leaders and you watch bad leaders. And you say, I'm not going to do the things that that guy did because he's a failure. I'm going to do things that this guy did because he's been successful. Um, so I, you know, I'm kind of racing. I'm going in circles around your question, but um, no. so, so go back to what you said, but you know, how does, how, how, how would that affect um, people that, you know, that are being led? whether this happens in the military or this happens in the private sector. So okay, how yeah, does yeah. that, so, that so kind so of leadership, Welsh. yes. The effect, the effect so it has Welsh on people. Was, yeah. So he was ruling unilaterally, right? By the power yes. of his personality and his yes. intellect. Yes. And he wasn't preparing his replacement. That's so, true. So I remember everybody telling me in the Navy, always train your replacement. Exactly. So, so if you had a deputy or you had an XO or you had an assistant division officer or whatever, you should be, like I told you, talked to you about before, giving them feedback on decisions that have been made, right? Yes. Asking for their input into making important decisions. And every once in a while, you have to make a unilateral decision because, you know, especially I would say in wartime, which 
you know, I can't speak to because I was not on the ground fighting the war. But mm-hmm. but certainly sometimes those decisions have to be made without a committee. Right. I mean, yes, when yes. you're sitting in a boardroom. Yes. You can make decisions by a committee, although sometimes committees become too large and they just talk over the subject for months and months and then never make decisions. Uh, so you have to you have to guard against um, relying on committees to make decisions. Mm-hmm. But conversely, you have to take input from other people who work for you and, and, and always uh, yeah. or peers yeah. or, or people who are senior to you. Absolutely. So uh, there's a fine line. I mean, you have to have the confidence, I think, individually, the confidence and the confidence of the, the people who work for you to make effective decisions. And sometimes they have to be made uh, in a moment. And other times you have a week. <laughs> yes. Great. So crisis, Great. crisis, uh, crisis response uh, is, is something, you know, the, the Marine Corps does it particularly well. Yes. Uh, and, and they, they get together, you know, the few people that they really need to have input before they go into battle, and they make that decision quickly. Uh, but uh, other times, if you see the hill, take the hill, right? We've yeah, all, uh, we've all uh, seen that in movies and read it in books. So. Yes, uh, absolutely. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. So, so at this point, I think I, I've 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 learned a lot about the humility piece of it because I was gonna I was gonna ask that. So, for a young entrepreneur that is just budding. And they need to be decisive. What what exactly, um, or what would you say they need to to know to foster that kind of uh, leadership in the organization? So, so one nugget of gold you tell, okay, you need to do this. And probably humility is probably what you're going to say. But maybe you might have something else that you let this young entrepreneur kind of say, hey, to be decisive, do X, because that's that's essential for your um, for your success. So uh, I'll throw a bunch of things at you, and you've heard them all before. But uh, good, good. <laughs> learn your craft, okay? Right, and be willing and eager to keep learning, mm-hmm. keep up with changes in in whatever you're doing. Um, be the expert, maybe not necessarily the expert with all the details, uh, but but be an expert in in what your field is. Yes. Hire good people that are experts in the in the details. Set and enforce standards. Um, I would say make sure your people know what your standards are, know what your expectations are, uh, and and then know that you trust them to do the right thing. And then when they don't do the right thing, hammer them, right? And then and then tell them why you hammered them and give them another chance. And and they usually will learn from the mistake and, and move on. Uh, don't labor over tough decisions, right? Because most of the time I think uh, instinctually, if you've trained yourself well, you you know what the right decision is, so you don't have to labor over it. Yes, yes, uh, that's <clears throat> that's 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 great advice. So if if you're listening to this, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of information you just heard, right? I I couldn't begin to collect all of them, and I'm going to go back to this recording and pick each and every one of those because that's really good insight into how, and recommendations into how you as a budding entrepreneur can really m- march towards success in uh, in your leadership. So as uh, as we end, uh, head towards the end here, um, I'm thinking, you know, uh, Bob, that you got some, some probably one big lesson that you may have picked up in your in your 27 years of, uh, of, of, of leadership in the military and also with the three years that you spent uh, so far uh, among others, what is one big lesson that you want us to take away 
uh, with for anybody who is either transitioning or somebody who is an entrepreneur right now and wants to be successful? One big lesson that you would want us to know. That you what do you think I'm going to say? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, be, be humble. It, it all, uh, uh, it, feedback. Yeah, it, I think yeah. it, it all goes back to humility. So did, have you ever read the Horatio Hornblower books? Uh, I've, I've heard of them. No, no. Horatio Hornblower books. It's a series of books, Royal Navy, um, Napoleonic War time frame. And, uh, and it's based on the life of uh, Lord Nelson. Okay. But um, Horatio Hornblower is the protagonist in that series. Okay. And, and he is an outstanding... You know, he, they take him from the time he's a midshipman until he's an admiral in yes. the series. Yes. And he always has self-doubts. Mm. But but it's not that he lacks confidence. It's that he's always concerned about being being the good leader that he wants to be. Right. So he's always doing the proper self-assessment like, um, am I prepared to do this? So when you do that, then you will always make sure you're prepared. Mm-hmm. So he, so he always, you know, figuratively looked in the mirror and said, am I the right guy for this job? And then he did the preparations necessary to make sure he was the right guy for that job. Yes. So I always yes. tell people about, okay, that's the Horatio Hornblower effect. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a BM1, a bosun made first class who worked for me at one point, and he made chief. And before he put on khakis, he came to me and said, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I said, chief? Future chief, I know that you're ready for it because because you will properly prepare yourself to be that chief petty officer that the the deck division needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, it was that Horatio Hornblower effect. He was concerned about his ability, so he made sure uh, that he properly prepared. So proper preparation, humility, uh, ask questions, be willing to learn from everybody around you, and then take responsibility and accountability for the decisions that you made because the buck stops here. The buck stops here. Very, very so true. The the Truman uh, paradigm there. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for enlightening us with with these these words of wisdom. And for our listeners, it's important that you really review these because I think we've learned a lot from Bob here, from from what he's told us. You know, uh, so uh, at this point, Bob, you've got to let people know where they can find you and where they can get more wisdom. Is there is there anything you want us to know about you? Anything that you have in the pipeline? Anything you want people to know about, you know, the, the Bob McKenna that uh, we're talking about here? Uh, so this is your chance to uh, talk about Virginia Peninsula Chamber of Commerce and anything else that you want us to know. So, so what I would love everybody to know is that, uh, so the Peninsula Chamber, so it, it's, um, our mission is to be the leading nonpartisan advocacy group on the peninsula for the business community, right? So we're the voice of the peninsula business community. And, and during this, this time, the still uncertain time, uh, as we hopefully emerge at the other, at the bright end of the tunnel from this pandemic, is that, that we're here to partner with, uh, to connect people, to facilitate actions that are necessary to uh, improve our communities, you know, and everything from public safety to healthcare, to education, um, and, and we're going to have to work with many different partners here in the peninsula and throughout the Hampton Roads region uh, to help recover. But but if we're all pulling in the same direction and we all understand that despite our differences, we have a lot in common. We have we have common goals for the betterment of our community and for uh, the next generation uh, and for uh, sustained economic growth. I mean, that it's it's all 
uh, a common goal and we need to pull in the same direction. So we are here to work with whoever. And uh, I always have an open door, literally and figuratively. And, and, uh, and I always answer my phone and I answer my phone calls and I answer my emails. So uh, if you would like to partner, if you would like to ask questions, if you would like to find out how you can get more involved in the business of the Virginia Peninsula Chamber of Commerce, pick up the phone and give me a call and, and I'll answer it. And if I don't answer it, leave a message and I will call you back. So um, we're, we're involved in a lot of different things in the community, Pat. And, uh, yes. and, and I, you know, when I came here three years ago, I was 55 years old and uh, I was a defense contractor and I was thinking, you know, there's, I have a lot more to offer than doing what I was doing as a defense contractor. And no offense, it was, it was a good job and it was, uh, I was working for a good company. But um, I said, I'm, I'm only 55 years old. I have a lot of energy and, and I have a lot of enthusiasm and, and I love to partner with people and to work with people. So um, it was just a great opportunity to come here to the chamber. And, uh, and I'm not going anyplace soon. I'm, I'm ready to work hard and, and to help uh, make Hampton Roads and the Peninsula a better place to live, work, and play. Awesome. So, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for imparting into us such wisdom. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard, you've heard it from Bob. There, there's been so much uh, we've learned today about being decisive as a leader. And if you are in a situation where you're thinking, can I really make a decision? I'm not quite comfortable with uh, the private sector or wherever you might be. Just think about all these things that we just learned, humility, you know, the feedback loop, business, you know, walking around, these about walking around, big picture, and being decisive, right? The buck stops with you. I'm so thankful to have this occasion uh, to uh, to hear from Bob. Bob, thank you very much for being on this forum with us. We've learned a lot from you and uh, we look forward to being able to, you know, uh, partner with you in the chamber and the things that you're doing for our community. We thank you all for listening today and remember to lead the change. Thank you. Bye-bye. Be well. Thanks, Pat. That was wonderful. Great. Well, global leaders, thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Reach Leadership Forum. If you have learned something today, please like us on Facebook. Visit our website at www.globalreachleaders.com to leave a comment or a question and share this episode with others. Until next week, remember to lead the change. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.